Hello, this is Bixby. Welcome to the Bixby Developers Chat Podcast. Here is your host, Roger Kibbe. Hello, Bixby Developer Chat listeners. Early this month, the Bixby Developer team was at the Project Voice Conference in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Well, at the conference, I had the pleasure of interviewing 33 voice developers, designers, podcasters, and all-around voice gurus. In this episode, the last of our three-part series from Project Voice, we will hear from 10 more people. Tom Hewitson is the founder of Labworks, a leading developer for voice games. John Stein founded the Open Voice Network. Stephen Arkonovich is a philosophy professor and the creator of Big Sky, a preeminent third-party weather voice application. Rafiki Kai is the CTO for Friends of the Congo. Amy Stapleton is the founder of Tellables, a platform that allows authors to create voice experiences. Kevin Yu and Ryan Lipkin are from SideChef. Kevin is the founder and CEO, and Ryan runs business development. Gal Shinar is the creator of many successful voice games, including his signature Escape the Room game. Ian Utili is the founder of Attention Live, a streaming media platform. And Terry Fisher is a doctor and a prolific podcaster. Without further ado, let's go to the floor of the Project Voice Conference. All right, I'm back. I'm with Tom Hewitson of Labworks. Uh, Tom, why don't you introduce yourself? Cool. Yeah, so as, as, as Roger said, I'm Tom. I'm founder of Labworks.io. Uh, it's Europe's leading voice games developer. You know, we're predominantly on Alexa and Google Home at the moment, but coming to Bixby soon. And yeah, we built games like Trivia Hero, True or False, Would You Rather. Um, you know, I started my career as a journalist and I made our first game just as a kind of a weekend hack project and then it went viral and turned into a really big thing and I kind of realized uh, that I could build a business from it. You know, we're a team of nine now. We're, we're in uh, 12 countries, uh, supporting six languages. So, yeah, we're kind of really at the forefront of um, trying to build a business on kind of smart speakers and voice assistants. Great. And uh, everyone's going to ask, what was that first game? Uh, it was Would You Rather. So, uh-huh. yeah, you, you'd expect, right? <laughs> right. A classic. A yeah, classic. Yeah. 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 The, the engagement numbers were, were like they were enormous, uh, especially um, because at the time there was nothing else like that to out there and people were just playing for hours and hours because it was kind of the first like humorous content really. Like. <laughs> humor always sells, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah, so humor, humor really works top tip. Like, yeah, make, make, make people laugh and they'll, they'll play your game. Yep. Good advice. Yeah. Uh, so we're at Project Voice. Mm-hmm. So Tom, what, what have you seen that's interesting or intriguing? Or what, what's your experience at the conference been like? I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a great conference. I mean, hats off to Bradley Metrock for organizing this. Uh, you know, it's, it's not kind of often that you can go to a conference and, you know, meet people like yourself and uh, see like Adam Chair walking around, you know, Kathy Pearl speaking yesterday. I mean, she's a fabulous speaker. Yeah, just the the quality has been really, really high. And and I, I think it's kind of testament to kind of how far the voice community has come in just the last couple of years that that you've got these kind of really great people these really great visionaries uh, that are actually like you know building an industry around them and you kind of see the excitement in it you know kind of we're in the exhibition hall and it's completely full of startups uh, try, trying to kind of build businesses uh, I've got to come back next year with a lab work stand here Oh, well, look forward to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. People can come and play games on our stand. Absolutely. <laughs> you may have a whole group of people just waiting there. Right, yeah. This would be a very popular uh, stand. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Tom, you've been, been around for a while and, and even given some presentations mm-hmm. about what you've learned mm-hmm. in your three-plus years in the mm-hmm. industry. Where would you like to see voice go? And I'll say six months, a year, mm-hmm. five years. Mm-hmm. You choose the time frame. Where, where does the industry need to go? So, you know, the thing that I'm really interested in is how do we make developing for voice uh, pay? How do we make a kind of a voice economy that, that works for developers? You know, I think as uh, Brett Kinsella, who was speaking earlier, said the kind of 
the distribution element is done like the the platforms you know uh, Amazon Google Samsung they have done a great job at getting these uh, assistants into people's homes and it's it's kind of patently obvious now that we're going to have 100% market penetration eventually like every home is going to have these uh, have these assistants and it's just going to be a massive channel and a massive way that uh, people are going to interact with technology in the future and so the kind of the question that i i think about a lot is how do we take this kind of huge new channel that's coming into existence and build real businesses around it. I mean, you think about um, mobile, uh, you know, I mean, I used to work at Facebook. Facebook is a mobile company, really. Uh, and, you know, that's that's like knocking on towards a trillion dollar valuation. Yeah. Like, how are we going to see the kind of the, vo- the first voice unicorns? And like, you know, like, what, what is it that's going to take for that? And, you know, like even in like the gaming industry, you know, mobile, you've got like Supercell, Rovio, you know, you've got some really big companies uh, that have made a lot of money. And, you know, what I, I spend a lot of time thinking about, like what still needs to change in the kind of like the voice ecosystem what do the platforms need to do what do the developers need to do to kind of create a world where that could happen for voice great yeah well i think early movers like cloudworks are in a great position to take advantage of this and, and grow with the industry yeah i think i mean i think it's really really beneficial i mean you know but within the in the within the games industry um you know i mean rovio had 200 games uh, that they launched before they did angry birds uh so you know a, a lot of it is just a case of kind of chur- like churning out um different things trying to trying to kind of see what works what doesn't work you know waiting to be lucky a little bit sure. you know sure. um and, and i do i do kind of think that probably not probably not this year but maybe like next year we'll start to see uh, some kind of voice developers making like serious money I mean I know that there are kind of um, some people here like including ourselves that are like making kind of re- reasonable money like building on voice but you know we'll start to see kind of companies that are worth like tens of millions if not more like um, based on their revenues building building on voice um, and I, I think that's that's kind of that's probably like only a year away or so and you know maybe kind of the year after we'll start to see like the telltale signs of the first voice voice developer unicorn um which which would be really good as well well that's good music. for good for everyone music to the ears of the industry i'm yeah, sure that yeah, prediction yeah that's a great one uh hey so tom if people want to keep in contact with what you're doing and or labworks yeah. what's the best way to do so uh so our website is labworks.io and you can see all our games on there if you have a smart speaker of any variety um well soon bixby but you know uh the the any of the others you can go to it and say you know play uh, trivia hero or true or false or would you rather or star commander or you know, I, I could go on for like for a little while with that yeah, so play our games. Uh, you, if you like them or don't like them, you can hit me up at Twitter at Tom Hewitson and let me know like what needs fixing or changing. And yeah, awesome. And I can attest, I love several of those games. Uh, you have some really Thanks. fun games that are really fun to play. Thanks, Thanks. so much, Tom. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay, I'm back and I'm with John Stein. Uh, John, please introduce yourself. Roger, thanks. John Stein and responsible for the Open Voice Network. It's a new initiative, nonprofit, bringing together leaders across the voice world, enterprises, developers, non uh, industry associations focused on bringing the value of standards to the world of voice. Well, that sounds really intriguing. Can you dive a little deeper into the Open Voice Network and let me know some of the things that you're doing and working on? Roger, thanks for the question. Um, As we take a look at the world of voice, we might say we're in the early days, kind of the wild, wild west. Back to the days like the internet, when there was, you know, Netscape and Explorer and people trying to figure out how to make this internet work for all of us. And one of those things was they brought really a governance framework of standards to the internet at that time. That's what we're thinking about. Envision, for instance, a DNS for voice, a destination registry. Think about, for instance, in a multi-platform world, addressing issues of identification and authentication. Think about, maybe in commerce, you know, some just some standardized commands we could all agree on, we could all use for doing voice commerce or voice this or voice that. A small set. 
but just to reduce the time developers take. And then there's that whole question of data privacy. Standards? Don't know, but certainly the industry's looking for guidelines and assistance and support and help. How do we deal with this GDPR CCPA issue? How do we deal with data storage? What should we be doing? Especially knowing the richness, the resonance, but eh, sometimes the dangers of voice data. That's what we're looking at, Roger. Perfect. Uh, a lot of that is very sorely needed in this industry. Uh, so, John, looking at voice, and you touched a little bit on this, definitely, but thinking six months, a year, five years beyond that, where does voice need to go? Where does the industry need to go to mature? Well, where the industry needs to go to mature, I think, certainly, easily for me to say, we need to be adopting some standards but also, I think the exciting point toward maturation is the use of voice by the enterprise and reaching out and touching consumers. That's a very exciting space. That's a very uh, new space. You know, you have platforms today where you play me music or tell a joke, which is very different from doing commerce, from creating value, from discussing and entering data in enterprise applications. That's where it's going. That's where it's very exciting. And as we come into that and show how value is created, we're going to start moving up that S-curve, that hockey stick, where value is, and that will bring maturity. Kind of expounding upon that, and John, you and I are kind of grizzled old retail veterans and have worked on in retail for many, many years and now have moved to voice. What about in retail? What would you say? Where? What should retailers be doing right now with their voice presence? You know, if you take a look, and Roger, and yes, um, I'm a bit more old and grizzled than you are. I'm afraid. Oh, so. just by a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but you take a look at across, and Roger, you know that in retail, you un you have to understand the entirety of the shopper journey. You know, it starts in search or discovery. It ends up beyond the transaction into post-sale support service, things of this nature. So if we understand that entirety of the shopper journey, yes, you would start. You've got to be able to be found as a retailer. You need to be in voice. You need to be found. If someone's looking for you via voice, and we know from the data that increasingly consumers are not only adopting voice but using voice, if they can't find you, you don't exist, right? On the other hand, the use of chatbots and voice for post-sale support and service, especially in a unified commerce world, so very important. But the sweet spot, and I think where the industry sees the sweet spot, is going to be the ease of ordering. As the value proposition of retail moves to ease, convenience, frictionless is the term du jour these days. Voice is the ultimate easy way to order. See it, need it, I'm in the kitchen, I order it. And for those retailers who can provide that ease of search, ordering, and then fulfillment, delivery, it's, it's, it's a killer combination. And it's something that's really going to, I think, turn retail on its head. So well articulated. If you're a retailer, now is the time to jump into voice and start experimenting and working with it, seeing how you engage with your customers, what works, what doesn't work. But now's the time to try. Jump in, try it, figure it out, experiment, because the retailers that jump in early are going to have a competitive advantage, I think. Without question. And Roger, the fact that you're working with Samsung, you're part of the Bixby team. Hey, retailers, here's a guy who knows retail. <laughs> Talk to Roger. I mean, it's going to give you a competitive advantage for someone who understands not only voice, but the retail industry as Roger does. A shout out from John Stein. Well, thank you, John. I appreciate it. So if people want to keep in contact with what you yourself are doing, John, or the Open Voice Initiative, what's the best way to do so? Look for us online, www.openvoicenetwork.org. Look for me on LinkedIn, John, J-O-N, Stein, S-T-I-N-E, and let's have a chat. Let's have a talk. Let's listen. Let's do voice. Sounds great. Hey, John, as always, a pleasure. Thanks so Roger, much. Roger, thank you. Okay, I'm back. I'm with Stephen Arkonovich. Stephen, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm Stephen Arkonovich. By day, I'm a philosophy professor at Reed College. 
Uh, also by day, uh, I'm the developer of Big Sky for uh, Bixby now, uh, and also Amazon Alexa. For those who aren't familiar with Big Sky, what does Big Sky do? So Big Sky is a weather app uh, that is uh, designed from the ground up for voice. It gives you a hyper-local forecast, it's highly customizable, personalizable, and it's a really popular multimodal voice-first weather experience for multiple platforms now. Yeah, it's really amazing. It's the way I get my weather now. Oh, that's great. Because it's so detailed and gives you so much information. And if you want really great local forecast and or you're a weather geek and want all the information about the weather, highly, highly recommend ah, Big Sky. Me too. It's a great experience. <laughs> Thanks. So, Stephen, we're at Project Voice. What have you seen uh, that you've liked or what's been the kind of highlights of the show for you? Yeah, so interestingly, there have been a lot of uh, panels on ethics and voice and ethics and tech or AI. And so I've kind of been skipping the more technical panels and been engaged in this conversation about sort of the ethical aspects of AI and voice going forward. So that's kind of been a highlight for me. And there's been a, a lot of conversation around that. Yeah, you know, I, I've been thinking about that, and I think it reflects a maturity in the industry when you start thinking about, you got to be really serious and think about the ethics and what we're doing and do things the right way. That's definitely a maturation of the industry versus the rah, 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 just go as fast as you can that you maybe saw as little as six months or a year ago. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think with voice in particular, because it's such an intimate medium and it sort of gives a sense of trust very quickly that I think people who are designing voice interfaces and designing for voice have to be especially careful about uh, earning and keeping the trust with the user. So looking out in the future, Stephen, six months, a year, five years, you kind of choose the time frame. Where would you like to see voice go? Well, I think it's already on a great trajectory. Um, and so I think uh, increased developer community is going to be great, like a lot more, lots more active developers. I think the difficult thing for voice right now is going to figure out how to get third-party developers involved and also, in a way, and I think it's kind of a tension, have third-party capsule skills kind of disappear from the user experience, right? Because I think that's ultimately what it should look like. I think that's great for the consumer and we still have to figure out how the developer is going to fit into that, um, that kind of ecosystem. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think you should be able to naturally just talk to your voice assistant. Absolutely. And the very best capsule skill action answers that, and that becomes very natural, and that kind of opens up the ecosystem for voice. And so that's a great feature. Uh, it will yeah. be fabulous for the entire industry. Absolutely. There. Yeah. So, uh, Stephen, if people want to keep in contact with you, what you're doing, What's happening with Big Sky or your other voice experiences? Uh, what's the best way to do so? Uh, so a Facebook page on uh, Philosophical Creations. <clears throat> That's my company. Also uh, Twitter at Phil Creations. You get all the information about Big Sky and LinkedIn for Stephen Arkonovich. Thanks so much, Stephen. A pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. All right, I'm back. I'm with Rafiki Kai. Rafiki, why don't you introduce yourself? Yes, so I am... Chief Technology Officer of an NGO called Friends of the Congo. And what we do, we're a typical NGO organization. We go in and we try to uplift, empower, and encourage everyday people on the ground. Friendsofthecongo.org is our URL. Great. So tell me, you're at Voice Summit mm -hmm. and uh, you're with this NGO. Where do you see, where's voice fit in with, with what you do? <laughs> so. Excellent question. Thank you for that, right? So one of the words that I used just um, in my previous statement was empowerment, right? Yeah. So I see voice as being a technological bridge from the Congo into more mature markets, right? Mm -hmm. So one of my visions is that I, I want to go into the Congo and take a cohort of girls and women, right, and give them the low-hanging fruit of this voice economy, right? That changes lives, that changes families, right? So imagine a, instead of mechanical Turk, a voice Turk, okay. right? Where now you can take everyday people and they can put AI to work for them, 
right? So they don't necessarily have to be a JS developer or no node or anything, right? Mm -hmm. If they know how to use templates, if they know how to use the tools, we can really, really, and not only to give them earning power, but imagine the things that voice can do for uh, improving quality of life like in the Congo, right? So if you're in the rural area, right, do the physicians there have an EHR, right? So if we can take voice and allow physicians to even talk into a basic Google sheet to like record patient notes, right? We just stepped up over paper, right? So those kinds of very practical, simple on the ground things. That's amazing. I really love the idea of taking voice and use it to empower the developing world and use. I love it anytime we can take technology and use it for the greater benefit of all humanity. That's the and number one role of technology, isn't it? It is. Not, at least it from is. my perspective, it is. And sometimes I think we lose track of that and we got to remind it of the incredibly powerful things that you can do with tech and how it can be so good for humanity. So for sure. thank you for, for, sure. for doing that. So we're at Project Voice. Uh, what have you seen uh, that's been interesting or what's been your kind of highlight of the conference for you? Wow, at a conference like this, it's, it's really, really hard to um, pick out any one singular thing. Um, there are a couple of things that have caught me like off guard, like, wow, say for example, and I was speaking to um, Adam Shire about this earlier today, as a matter mm -hmm. of fact, right? He caught it and he made a note of it and I caught it. So I'm like, okay, I'm thinking in the right direction if I'm thinking like, like, like Adam Shire. So like with the Google Home feature that they're rolling out in India, mm -hmm. where people with a feature phone oh, can right. call into Google Assistant, uh -huh. right? Dude, that's a huge bridge, right? So now we're taking this voice intelligence beyond just smart speakers. And this, this is nothing to Samsung because you guys have a rich environment, right? It's already in refrigerators and televisions. But for people with feature phones, mm -hmm. right? Sure, right, right? sure. Then, you know, to be able to build a bridge for them as well, right? Awesome. So, like, you're not left out because you don't have a, um, a smart speaker or you're not left out because you don't have a $700 phone. Sure. If you just have a feature phone and it's in the cloud anyway, so if you can get a, cloud, a connection to the cloud, you're in too, man. You get to leverage the power of these skills that are being built. That to me is like, that's, that's, that's good. Wow, that's good. I, I really love your vision and what you're talking about. And speaking about vision, as we think about voice in the next six months, year, five years, uh, you choose the time frame. Where would you like to see it go? Here's one thing that I absolutely believe this this space needs, and if if Bixby and and Viv can come close to this, that's good. But this space needs a Linux. Right? Mm -hmm. This space absolutely needs a Linux. It's good that proprietary brands and giants can kind of like help move the front of the curve and, you know, like in, improve adoption and popularize the technology, right? But this is an important space. Mm -hmm. This is like electricity. This is a utility, right? Mm -hmm. And it can't just rest in the hands of a few behemoths, right? So if, you know, if it's like Amazon, Google, Cortana, no, we need an open source, right? So the intelligence of the whole world can just like pour in on that. Right, you know, look at what Android did for the whole smartphone, mm -hmm. smartphone universe. Right, what would this look like if there was an Android? Like, like you know, I can't even imagine. That's know? a great question, and I can see, yeah, that yeah. would be an empowering and yeah. enabling. So imagine a Linux or an, an equivalent of an Android in the voice space that's open for all intelligence and all creativity and not blocked by any shareholder interest and concerns about sure. silos, that would be wonderful. That's great. So Rafiki, if people want to keep in touch with you or Friends of the Congo, what's the best way to do so? Okay, so let me like run off a, a, a number of handles. First of all, of course, the um, old school way of email, rcai at friendsofthecongo.org. Okay. Right? RCAI at friendsofthecongo.org. And my Twitter handle is at Rafiki Kai. Right? 
my um, preferred channel is LinkedIn, right? <laughs> so there's only one Rafiki Kai on LinkedIn that's spelled R-A-F as in first, I-K-I, surname C-A-I. So only nine letters, Rafiki Kai. Hit me up on LinkedIn. You'll also find my phone contact there for WhatsApp. I love WhatsApp, man. WhatsApp is like my platform. So through one of those channels, email, Twitter, LinkedIn, WhatsApp, I'm available. Thanks, Rafiki. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. It's We've seen great, it, man. met Thank at several you. conferences, and I really yeah. enjoy catching up. Thanks great. a lot. Thank you for this opportunity. All right. Thanks. All right. Okay, I'm back, and I'm with Amy Stapleton. Amy, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Amy Stapleton. I am currently CEO and founder of Tellables, but I have a new business partner, so we are transitioning Tellables into a new company that will be called Chattables. Great. Well, tell me a little bit more about, I, well, I was going to say Tellables. Tellables to be Chattables, what, what exactly you do? We are involved in storytelling, so we, we are an independent developer of uh, storytelling voice applications. Though. The one that, um, that I've been working on for the past year is my box of chocolates, and it is actually an authoring platform, so independent authors can send me their bite-sized stories, and I make them available in a monthly assortment of chocolates. Each chocolate is actually a story told by a virtual chocolatier, and it's uh, surrounded by a conversational experience because Alexa will make a comment about the story and also ask uh, a question just to get the, the listener more engaged in the, in the story. So for any authors or aspiring authors who might be uh, listening, what, what would you say would be the kind of content that you're looking for? Uh, for the box of chocolate skill, we're looking for stories that are told from the perspective of a single individual, in this case, you know, a chocolate, uh, chocolate shop owner. But we're working on a, um, like a broader platform for chattables. And again, the focus is on specifically conversational stories. Now, that's kind of weird because th there isn't really a precedent for that. Most authors, when you talk about interactive stories, they think you mean like a choose-your-path type of story. Mm -hmm. But um, that's why I actually have a writing guide that I, just, that I just created, and it's available for download on the chattables.com website. Uh, it's, it helps give authors a... Uh, an overview of my philosophy of a conversational story where the, the perspective is it's told to you by a single character, a single storyteller, and they try to immerse you in the story by asking you questions about yourself, what you think about certain things in the story, whether you relate to certain things in the story, and that's kind of like the concept. Okay, great. Yeah, that sounds very intriguing. Um, Amy, so we're at Project Voice. What has been kind of some of the highlights of the show or what have you really enjoyed about this show? My most enjoyable thing is actually just catching back up with everybody from from last year. There's so much that's been going on. You know, before I came, I heard a podcast that Brett did with with various people about their predictions for 2020, and some of them were around um, how we're going to improve discoverability. What you know, we're moving away from a more voice app focused model to a domain category model, and so I've had very lengthy discussions with people on that. It helps me try to get a viewpoint of what you know what we want to do I've, I've floated the idea of stories as a service you know by people um, would they be interested in like going to a database of stories and getting them to serve up in their experiences instead of having to like you know know that you need to go to a, a story experience by saying hey Alexa open my box of chocolates right I mean how many people are gonna think that that's a story but if you know I have all these stories available and I and other people can get them through a service, that would be kind of cool too. So just talking about stuff like that, it's really been been interesting to see you know where the where the winds are blowing, I guess. Great, yeah, kind of reacquainting with the voice first family, <laughs> yeah. as I like to say, yeah. is part of it. And then it's all about the conversations you have. Completely agree with you. Right. So Amy, thinking about voice and uh, I'll say in six months, a year, five years beyond that. Where, where should voice go? Where does it need to go? I think it goes back to the conversation we were, we were just having about everyone believing that it needs to move more towards a domain type of, of discoverability situation. For me, I've always thought that 
I want to just be able to engage with my assistant in a natural way. So if maybe I'm feeling down, you know, I say, hey, Alexa, or hey, Bixby, or hey, whatever, I, I'm, 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 you know, I'm feeling down, then, mm-hmm. well, why, if they know me, why would that not be able to go look at a service? So, hey, maybe I can get you in, here's a joke, or here's a fun story, sure. or here's something that you, that, that made you happy before, lifted your mood before, um, you know, so they, they would have the ability to go find stuff for me because I, I, I my intent is I want to feel better that's my mm-hmm. intent but I don't need mm-hmm. to know that I should have to invoke a specific skill or name or whatever right so that that would be something I would like to see happen oh I love that so respond with with sympathy and understand kind of your emotional state and describe it and have that kind of be uh, conducive to the state that I'm in and, and give and me an experience that will, exactly. you know, either change my state or heighten my state if I'm joyful, right? Yeah, that's yeah. fabulous. I yeah. love that. I love that idea. Um, so, Amy, if people want to keep in contact with you and or tellables, uh, what's the best way to do so? I think the best way is to follow me on Twitter. And I have um, a, a weird Twitter handle. It's Talks to Bots. And you can find me there and then just see what's going on. <laughs> Amy, such a pleasure uh, talking to you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Roger. All right, I'm back. I'm with Ryan Lipkin and Kevin Yu. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Yeah, thank you, Roger, for having us here. We're really excited to be here uh, to talk about the the future of what voice looks like with cooking. And we think it's a complete game changer of what that will look like because, again, if you don't have to touch a device while you're cooking, you know, or being guided on, on what that cooking process could look like, that would be amazing. So so having a, having this new kind of technology and input to be able to allow people to have that experience, I think, is, is wonderful. Um, we actually just finished a, a talk just uh, recently here about, you know, what does that look like in the future, though? And we do believe um, it will, it could look something like having, you know, a, a, a sous chef at your side all the time to be able to ask, hey, how do I, how do I thicken that sauce, right? How do I make my pancakes fluffier? How do I, you know, asking questions or how do I substitute a certain type of uh, ingredient while I'm cooking? Um, all of this becomes very possible um, as we collect more data, have context of what's happening during the cooking process. Whereas today, you know, very differently, you're, you're asking, you know, what the weather is, right? <laughs> Set a timer for, for, for 10 minutes, right? So I think we can take, uh, take it much farther than that. I think in the future, that is a little bit of what, what cooking looks like. Thanks for having us on, Roger. One thing that Kevin and I really believe uh, is going to enable voice and cooking to really take off is to have the screen element uh, that's now going to be part of the kitchen with all the, the Samsung phones out there, uh, as well as the TVs and refrigerators that, that come up. And, and really it's that voice plus screen to have someone give you that guidance, but actually show you the visual representation of what you're trying to cook. Yeah, there's nothing better than, um, you know, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes in recipes of old, you see this final dish. It's like, wow, it looks amazing. But when you're starting, you have all these raw ingredients. How am I going to get there? Right? Somebody who maybe doesn't cook as much, you're kind of like looking at it, okay, I'm not, I really don't know. It might be so intimidating, you might just give up at some point, right? Especially if you try and then you screw up and you burn something, you're just like, okay, cooking's not for me, right? But you literally have that, as Brian mentioned, you know, the screen with the step-by-step, you know, seeing the ingredients transform into that experience and, and knowing that somebody else did it, you know, you can see their hands and see them guiding you through and then you just following through, uh, you know, similarly in that step-by-step. It's one of the, it changed uh, driving. You can drive anywhere now with the guidance of GPS. Everybody's confident if, if you had to drive from, from New York from, to Chattanooga to, to San Francisco and give you a GPS, you're going to be all good as long as you have enough gas, <laughs> some gas money, right? But cooking, yeah, I think, uh, you know, same type of uh, uh, confidence, hopefully. Awesome. Wow. GPS for cooking. I love that analogy. You know, I'm actually a passionate home cook, so it's such a pleasure talking to you guys. And I think that the dad of the uh, a sous chef on your side Right, you go try something, and sometimes my wife will claim I get in over my head, right? And having you know a helper there to kind of go through and help you and and give you information if there's an unknown technique or something or something you don't feel confident about, learning how to do it and really step-by-step recipes, amazing, guys. I think this is going to be truly amazing. So we're at Project Voice. And uh, what have you seen that's been interesting or exciting? What's the highlights of the conference been for you? 
So I, I think really just the the overall excitement, um, the growth uh, of the conference uh, over the last uh, two that I, that I've been to, uh, and, and really the just the enthusiasm across the board. But uh, if I were to pinpoint one thing, it, it's thinking about how we can use different voice skills together to create one amazing user experience because at the end of the day it's it's all about giving the user an amazing experience and that that's what we should all be thinking about as, as an ecosystem ryan totally read my mind so i'm just going to build off of him a little bit you know imagine the partners such as the grocery you know groups working together with the recipes people who are providing the recipes and the technology that that happens there and then making sure that hey not only do you get the recommendation of what you can make today or throughout the week but getting your groceries you know delivered to your door right before you need to be able to make it um, and having that personalized against to you to your family maybe also with your uh, fitbit kind of workout routine as well how do you bring all those partners together and the great thing is you know this one piece of bringing together in the second piece of having everybody want to work together to be able to create that experience. I believe we're all very fortunate to be in a time frame where everybody wants to work together to be able to give users the best experience. So we're very much looking forward to that. That's great. And you guys have started to touch on this kind of uh, the, the future and what you'd like to see. I'm curious about what, what can the voice industry do for you to make it easier for you to fulfill that vision? What would you like to see uh, voice-wise that would allow you to fill the side's chef vision? I mean, I think immediately, you know, the voice allows you to be able to cook through the whole experience without touching the screen, right? I think that will be the, the biggest immediate value add, but in the future, it would be great to be able to detect different voices of different people in my family. Imagine if people are cooking together, if I'm cooking with my son or my daughter and everybody's doing their parts around the they, they took you know I took step one they took step two and everybody's doing different parts and we're cooking together as a family we're building a you know new family traditions around food right that's something that we always talk about how technology destroys traditions how do we create new traditions you know around food with all this technology we can absolutely have that be the future we look forward to you know 4 p.m 5 p.m I'm looking forward to getting home because you know my son or daughter's texting me about about hey you know they can't wait to to have that cooking experience where they're all cooking together. Uh, you know what's great about that is I like to talk about voice as being the first social technology. Really, you know, phones one-on-one, you know, your computer one-on-one, but voice is a social technology and the whole family can enjoy it. And I love the idea of the whole family getting together and cooking together and then having this kind of helper right there, sous chef to help you go and things. Maybe we'll avoid some of those family arguments that can go from that communal perspective. But that is absolutely awesome. So, uh, guys, if people want to keep in contact with either of you and or what Side Chef is doing, what's the best way to do so? Well, our emails are super easy. So it's Kevin uh, at SideChef.com and Ryan at SideChef.com. Easily kind of uh, contact us. Or um, also you can download the app, uh, which is available on iOS and Android. Um, ask ask Bixby for some beautiful recipes when you, if you need some, some help in the kitchen. And, of course, you can also find us on LinkedIn as, as well. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank Great. You. Thank you so much. So I'm back, and I'm with Gal Shinar. Gal, please introduce yourself. My name's Gal, and I'm the founder of Stoked Skills, and I'm focused on really just bringing great gaming experiences to voice. So I have skills and games for Alexa, for Google Home, and for Bixby, and I'm just trying to create all sorts of new innovative experiences that can really engage customers and keep them coming back and playing games, because I think it's a really interesting use case for gaming um, that hasn't really been explored as much as it can be by, by people. Great, Gal. Why don't you take one of your favorite things that you've built and give the listeners a little more details about what it does and how it works. Sure. So the most popular game I have is called Escape the Room. And in that, it's kind of like a voice version of a real-life escape room. Users are basically transformed into a virtual room where they they have to figure out what's going on by by listening, by looking around and the voice device will describe the space to them. So use a lot of imagination. You have to like imagine the room. It's kind of like an experience of reading a book but playing a game. Um, it's really different than something you get anywhere else. 
but it's great for families to play together. It's uh, really, it's really like collaborative. Everyone's shouting in, playing with each other, but then like still being directed by this game and this completely different sort of gaming experience that you can really get anywhere else. Yeah, you know, I, I really like it. It's awesome. It is. Uh, it's the feelings of both euphoria and frustration when you play when you go to a real escape the escape room and escape the room are kind of similar. So a really good way of kind of taking uh, a physical experience and manifesting it in a completely different way. But for myself, at least, when I played it, it was like, oh, I'm so stuck, I can't get out of here. And yeah, I did it. So great job. We're here at Project Voice. So what have you seen or heard about at the conference? What's been your favorite thing about the conference? My favorite thing about every conference is just meeting all these inspiring people in the space. Everyone here is doing great things and really moving forward and um, new ideas and voice. And so it's really great just chatting with people, hearing what they're working on. It's super inspiring and just gives you tons of new ideas of uh, what to focus on in the future. Um, so every company, there are lots of companies here, just like tons of new ideas and I'm, I'm really happy about that. Yeah, totally agree. I think the best thing about conferences is, is meeting people and, and, you know, reacquainting old friends and meeting some, making some new friends and, and absolutely agree. Exactly. So, Gall, you've been in voice for quite a while. Uh, where would you like to see voice go in the next, I'll say, six months, year, five years? You choose the time frame, but where, 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 does it, where would you like to see it go? Where does it need to go? Sure. So I think voice is continuing to grow. It's... Um, there's all sorts of new contexts where it really applies. I think we're seeing now the car coming into play a lot. Um, I think all these new contexts are going to grow. There's the hearables with the AirPods. So there's a lot of room for this becoming more of a daily assistant, not just something that's in your home, something that you can use at all times. I, I'm also excited to see a lot of uh, mobile voice applications, voice assistants to all your apps. There's just so much... Um, efficiency that can be gained from it. So I, I like seeing all that. Um, I'm focused mostly on games and what I'm most excited about is the platforms continuing to improve, new areas of development. I'm really excited now to see Alexa Auto and the cars. I think that's a really good use case for gaming. It's one of the few times in your day where you have to, you can't use your hands and you can really focus and um, get yourself immersed into an audio experience. Um, it's where podcasts are thriving. It's where radio has always thrived, and I think it's really good for audio games. So I'm excited to see that grow, and I hope it becomes a big market. Yeah, uh, I think voice in the car is amazing from someone who has long commutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I appreciate you know some way to entertain myself when I'm in traffic. So love that you're thinking about that. So uh, Gall, if people want to keep in contact with you or understand what you're doing, what these new amazing experiences you are building, what's the best way to do so? You can follow me on Twitter at gshinar. You can send me an email, gshinar at stokedskills.com. Be happy to uh, chat with you. All right. Pleasure. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank All you. right. Till next time. All right. So I'm back. I'm with Ian Utili. Ian, uh, why don't you introduce yourself? All right. My name is Ian Utili, and I am the CEO of Attention Life. I'm also Bradley Metrock's friend, so I get to be here at Project Voice helping do media and just hanging out with my other friends like yourself and the other folks that are here at the conference. I love being a part of this community, and I'm building software that it's all about voice tech, so it's really important to me to collaborate with the other uh, executives here. That's great. So tell me a little bit more about Attention Live. Yeah. What, what do you guys do? Yeah, so Attention Live is most easily understood as live podcasting software. So it's one piece of software that with that software, through any device, phone, tablet, desktop, eventually you'll be able to use your voice on a voice device, right? And you call it up and you can create a live broadcast of audio. And you can send that to the voice devices and the social media sites. Uh, so it's a very simple tool that solves a really frustrating problem, which is nobody wants to do pre-production on a podcast. Nobody wants to do post-production on a podcast. Nobody wants to have to create a podcast, edit it, and then send it to nine different platforms at nine different times. So one place, you eliminate all pre and post production, you go live, you end it, it's everywhere at once. That's what we've been working on. I love it. Uh, live and raw. That's right. a real live story going on there. That, that's what we're about. All right, so we're at Project Voice. Yeah. Ian, what, what's been your, what's the funnest thing you've done at Project Voice? What have you really enjoyed? 
And you can't tell me everything. <laughs> well, riding the one wheel around is always the funnest of things to do. And I have been riding around on that one wheel pint in this conference area. I even got authorization from everybody that runs the building to make sure they, they wouldn't kick me off. So that was a blast. Uh, riding that around, but it's not riding it around, it's riding around and spending time. I can go and capture a video with a friend and go promote one of the sponsors and it let me be very mobile and I think that was a really cool benefit. That's great, yeah. So for those who aren't here, Ian has been on this uh, riding around all over the place and been quite the spectacle, but also doing some really amazing things right. at Project Voice, uh, recording uh, interesting things. But uh, everyone knows him as the guy, if they don't know who he is, he's the guy in the two-wheeled uh, thing driving all over the place. That's right. So uh, Ian, you've been in voice for a while. Yeah. Where would you think it needs to go? And I'll say six months, a year, five years. You choose the time frame. Sure. But where would you? Where does it need to go? Where would you like it to go? Yeah, I'm a big fan of patience. So I guess a stretch to five plus years. I think it's really simple. Voice is the most important human opportunity to interact with technology, and so that's inevitable. We're going to do it. So now the question is: Are we going to be first world people building first world software for first world? problems or are we going to be mindful that the real benefactors for humanity with this are in five plus years are probably going to be the four billion people that make less than two dollars fifty cents a day the two billion people that don't have any access to internet anywhere where they can access you know get to it and you talk about these people they probably can't read and write not very well they probably don't speak a major language so I think the biggest opportunity five plus years out for voice is when the community, the organizations, the individuals start to think to themselves, okay, I've really been thinking through like, how do I serve the 100 million, you know, ideal people here in America? But when they shift and they start thinking, how do I serve the 4 billion people that are the mm -hmm. most, have the mm -hmm. biggest chance at unlocking abundance? Sure. Because if we get half the world to unlock abundance because for the first time ever they can interact with technology, and for the first time ever they can actually have access to the globe, if we do that as a community, that will make everybody, the rising tides will raise all ships, including the first world. And so for me, that's like a big focus is like being mindful of, of those opportunities. Yeah, you know, uh, Ian, I think we sometimes in the technology industry forget that the primary thing that we should be doing with tech is empower the world and empower right. people. That's right. And there's such an amazing opportunity of voice. Yeah. So listen, Ian, if people want to keep in contact with you or what Attention Live does, yeah. what's the best way to do so? I'm easy. I-A-N-U-T-I-L-E. I'm there on all social media sites. Utility at Gmail is my personal Gmail. I don't care. I don't check it very often, so you feel free to email me if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I get my cell phone number out. I don't even care. I mean, people, they can, con it's, I'm easy to get a hold of. Our company, Attention Live, is A-T-T-N. Dot L -I -V -E. That's our website and on social we're A-T-T-N-L-I-V-E. And so we're easy to find, we're telling a great story, we're trying to encourage people, certainly forging partnerships with uh, folks and getting ready for a really wonderful 2020. Awesome. Always a pleasure, Ian. Always. Thanks so much. All right, thanks, Roger. I'm back, I'm with Terry Fisher. Terry, why don't you introduce yourself? Thanks, Roger, it's really nice to, to be here on your podcast. Uh, my name's Terry Fisher. I, uh, I like to say I'm a physician by day. I'm a practicing family physician and sports medicine physician, and I'm a voice enthusiast by night. And um, I'd say I got into this about two years ago when I was just really interested in voice technology. I've always been really interested in gadgets. And when I heard about voice, uh, I was very intrigued. And so I started to do what you do when you're intrigued with something. You start looking on the internet about it. Mm -hmm. And at the time, um, I couldn't find a lot of resources specifically for Canadians. Uh -huh. uh, I live in Vancouver, Canada. And so uh, having also a background in education, I decided to create some resources for people to help them out and to learn about it and learn about it uh, myself at the same time. So I've created a couple of different resources and podcasts. Uh, one is Alexa in Canada, specifically about uh, Alexa and how you can use that for Canadians. Um, and I also started a flash briefing as well with that, uh, Voice in Canada. And then with the medical background, I also looked at, again, resources f for how and when and what's going on with healthcare and voice technology, and I couldn't find that. So I started the Voice First Health um, blog and podcast where I interview experts, leaders at that intersection of uh, healthcare and voice technology. Great, so wait a second. If you're a physician by day and do this at night, do you ever sleep? 
Uh, a little bit. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't slept this week. Uh, <laughs> I, I think none of us have <laughs> yeah, things right. there, but you're right. very prolific and that's do right. an amazing amount of work it's for the really, voice community. It really has, and it still is, it really is a passion project. And when people say, like, how do you do all this? The honest truth is um, it's my hobby. And right. people love to spend time on their hobbies. Sure. And this is how I spend my hobby time. And it's just learning about voice technology, creating these podcasts, creating resources, and it's, it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. So we're at Project Voice. Yep. Terry, what's been some highlights of uh, this week at Project Voice for you? Um, I think one of the main highlights at these conferences, not only Project Voice, but all of them, but, but here, you know, being here this week, is really the, the community feel. Mm -hmm. um, and I always struggle when I come to these conferences. There's always such a great lineup of speakers. And it's an issue for me to figure out, you know, I, I want to go and see all these, these talks. And at the same time, there's so many people that I want to connect with. And I always have trouble trying to figure out how do I do both at the same time? And something has to give. So I've had a chance to see a couple of talks. Quite frankly, I actually probably spent more time meeting with people. And I love doing that and just, you know, learning about what people are doing in the community. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, doesn't it happen you walk 10 feet? see someone that you haven't seen in a while, talk to them, and you're like, wow, I never made that talk, but I had five different conversations along the way, and that probably that's was exactly just it. as valuable. I learned more. And that's yeah. exactly it. It's fun to put the, the, uh, you know, the actual real person's face to the Twitter you know, avatar yes. and, uh, and get a sense of who they are. We, we aren't AI beings behind our Twitter <laughs> no, handles. We're no, actually people right. and real people. Yeah. That's right. That's completely. Right. Um, so where do you think the voice industry needs to go? And I'll say over the next six months, year, five years, you choose the time frame. But what, what needs to happen? You know what I'm really excited about and, and what I hope will happen, I don't know if it, I think this is, is it, it is inevitable. I don't know how quickly it's gonna happen, but what I really like the idea of is the concept of voice as the next operating system. Mm -hmm. And how, uh, as you know, we originally had things like MS-DOS, which was all keyboard and text-based, and then we mm -hmm. went to graphical user interface with Windows, and then mobile uh, interfaces with a screen, and those all required some type of hardware device to mm -hmm. use, a keyboard, a mouse, a screen. And now we're getting to the place where, of course, due to the advances in computing power and artificial intelligence and the whole bit, we don't have to use an actual device. It's just in the background. And that really excites me because I think that that is the next operating system, and now it's an issue of, leveraging the operating system and start building the various types of capsules, skills, actions, whatever it is on top of that operating system. And I think that's very exciting because there will be some big things that happen. Uh, and I think everybody's trying to figure out what that is. And so is that going to happen this year? I don't know. But, you know, I, I'm hopeful that we're going to start to see some of that happening soon. Right. You know, I, I like to say when you can walk in and just talk to your home yes. or walk into your office and just talk to your office, and make things happen, yeah. that's gonna be amazing, right? And we've seen the, the, you know, the first little glimpse of that, but there's so much more to come. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so Terry, if people wanna keep in contact with you yeah. or, or follow your flash briefings, yeah. et cetera, what's the best way to do so? So again, a couple of resources I would say, if you're interested in specifically in Alexa, then I, and, and you're Canadian, or not Canadian, because I do cover a lot of broad content as well, um, alexancanada.ca for both the blog and the podcast. My flash briefing is Voice in Canada. On the health side, voiceforself.com or the Voice for Health Flash Briefing. Uh, sorry, the yes, Voice First. I also have a series of Voice First Health Flash Briefings under that brand. Um, and I have a couple of the resources if people are looking uh, for help to get started in flash briefings, that sort of thing. Um, I have a course, it's a free course, flashbriefingformula.com. Great. Thanks so, so much, Cherry. Thank Appreciate you very much, it. Roger. Thanks a lot. So that's nine interviews from the floor of the Project Voice Conference. This is the final of our three podcasts from the Project Voice Conference. If you haven't heard the first two, fire up your favorite podcast player and listen. Talk to you soon.